We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to The Uncontested an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter. We are at the underscore uncontested. The Podcast Network is also on Twitter. They are at Blue Wire Pods. You can find all of our podcasts really anywhere you download podcasts and at bluewirepods.com. Today, there's three of us. You got me. You got Justin. What's up, everybody? We got Taylor. Just a little plug. I've been wearing my SGA shirt. Um, mm. From our friends over at Design Tree, been wearing that this evening. It's incredibly soft, incredibly comfortable, and I'm very impressed. So, hey, there you go. There you go, go buy an SGA shirt from Design Tree and help Taylor get better internet. Yes, yes. So, dudes, we actually have like actual basketball news that we can talk about instead of what? just like filling time. Like you do in late July on basketball podcasts. You mean um, you don't want to talk about the Ocho again? Oh my <laughs> dude, we can talk about the Ocho every podcast. <laughs> that was one of my favorite, one of my more favorite, one of our funnier segments I think that we've done in a long time. That was, <laughs> it was good, that was entertaining. It was good. So a couple of things that we're going to chat about today. Uh, I guess I'll just kind of like preview what we're going to talk about, and then we'll we'll actually talk about it. Uh, Thunder signed a new player. They are back over the luxury tax. We'll talk about that. Uh, NBA schedule is out. That's going to be interesting. We have a lot of thoughts on the Thunder schedule and maybe some thoughts on just league-wide, some of the games and whatnot. And we're going to bust out a little pop culture minute throwback. I don't think we've done a pop culture minute in a while. So we're going to do a pop culture minute with you guys as well. Um, Let's start off talking about this new signee, though, 
And I can think of nobody better to talk about the Thunder's <laughs> new player than our co-host named Justin. Well, the first thing you need to know is the newest Thunder player has a fantastic name. <laughs> uh, the Thunder signed Justin Patton. He's a center, 7 feet tall, 241 pounds. Uh, I I might not be 7 feet tall, but... You're close, close to though. it. Yeah, no shit. I try. If how, I, how tall are you? Like 6'9"? Six, 6'7". <laughs> six, Close six, enough. Seven. I got a ways. Also, your last name starts with a P. I mean, there's this a whole lot true. of I think we should be best friends, basically. Yes, I agree. Um, thankfully, I'm not 241 pounds, though. <laughs> uh, Justin Patton, he was the former 16th overall pick out of Creighton. Uh, he was on the Timberwolves. He had a couple unfortunate injuries where he didn't really end up playing very often. He had some foot foot issues and surgeries that really kind of kept him out of NBA action. And so he's kind of fallen off the radar for most of the NBA. So I'll start with you, Jacob. What do you think it is about him that intrigued Sam Presti into picking him up? Um, okay, well, let's preface this with I remember the name Justin Patton in the draft, and that's about all I know about Justin Patton. <laughs> <laughs> but since the Thunder signed him, uh, I do know that he was a very productive college player. Uh, I know that he could actually shoot the ball from the center position in college, uh, albeit on limited attempts. And so I think this is Presti seeing a guy that is a former close to lottery pick, former first rounder, kind of fallen out of favor, looking for a rebound. Presti trusts the Oklahoma City culture and especially the player development side of the team after seeing so many guys come in here and develop into solid quality players. And this is taking another shot at it. I know that Patton's deal is like a three-year deal, and it's got like two years of um, non-guarantees and then one year of a, like a team option. So it is a very, very team-friendly contract. Yep. I believe we and, call that the hinky special. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so th- this just seems like a low risk, high reward type yeah. of type of move, which is kind of fits in the line that that Presti tries to do, especially going into uh, the the slow burn of this rebuild. Eventually, like kicking off the full rebuild. Yeah, I think if you pick up a guy like this, and he. He plays out. I mean, you can't ask for a better a better move for a team that's kind of moving into this rebuild phase because you're going to get a guy relatively cheap, uh, finding finding kind of a diamond in the rough that you might not have taken a chance on, you know, if Russell Westbrook and PG are still on the Thunder. But like you mentioned, he was a 53% three-point shooter in college. That's like better so, than Steven Adams' free throws. <laughs> Biggie's yeah. freshman player right. of the year, I think, right? Did, yeah. he come, did he come out of college? Was he a one-and-done? Yep. Yes. One and done at Creighton. Yep. Okay. So he's he's got the three-point shooting. Uh, he's seven feet tall, which is always nice. But he, <laughs> he's got a seven-foot, two-and-a-half wingspan, so we know that gets Presty excited. <laughs> um, he's, he's only 22 got, years old. Yep, only 22. Uh, player profile that I was reading about him said he's a strong rim runner, has good passing ability, and can play, play above the rim with a good finish. I think all those things, when you – think about what Presti looks for in guys like all oh, that's got to be got to be really enticing and and is surely a big part of of why they picked him up um I also read about how the Thunder were initially intrigued 
by Patton back in 2017 uh, during the NBA draft process, but were unable to get into position to draft him. That comes from Keith Smith on Twitter, friend of the pod. Um, he had some good insight there. What are your thoughts about this signing, Taylor? Anything stand out to you? Well, I think the biggest thing we're kind of glossing over here is that he was anywhere Jimmy Butler goes, Mr. Patton seems to follow. He he was traded from the he was quote unquote drafted by the Bulls, but then shipped to the Timberwolves right. and the Jimmy, Jimmy Butler trade, and then was also traded from the Timberwolves to the Sixers this past season in the Jimmy Butler trade. So obviously, um, with the Thunder signing him, Jimmy Butler is soon to follow. Reported here from the uncontested. You heard it. Uh, I like it. Heard it first. That but- segment brought to you by Reynolds Timfoil. <laughs> Um, yeah, so so it's interesting that you mention, Justin, that the, the Thunder seem to have had interest in him in that draft and just couldn't get up to get him. Yeah, um, that stood out to me, yeah. A, a few notes from that draft. So that is the year that the Thunder picked up Terrence Ferguson. Correct. Okay. Um, at the draft that year, they still had Ennis Cantor. Is that correct? They traded Ennis later in the summer for Carmelo. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the Thunder were interested in a center and uh, presumably wanted to try to trade up to get him when they already had Steven Adams and Ennis Cantor on Mm. roster. Just a little fascinating. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so he he was the Terrence Ferguson draft. He went five spots ahead of Ferguson. See, that's that's kind of what stuck out to me me as well as I was curious – because there's not a whole lot of context to to that sort or to that source's um, reply to Keith, and I'm curious if that means that they, like you said, Jacob, they're trying to move up from where they were currently to move up in the draft and select uh, Patton, or if it was something like they wanted, say they wanted Ferguson, but they wanted to and they expected Patton to fall later on in the draft, and they try to get an additional first round draft pick to draft him as well. Um, so I, I'm really curious, like to, to kind of learn the context of that because like you said it would be super interesting uh if they already figured they're moving Cantor and try to move up to to draft Patton even ahead of Ferguson you know yeah man yeah so not to get like too far off topic here but you talking about that Taylor yep I just I would be so fascinated I would I would pay good money to be able even if it was something like simple as like seeing a, a call log of Sam Presti and like getting like summaries of like phone calls to that office or something, you know, just to see how all this stuff plays out. Like at, so at the draft in 2017, like you just mentioned, like were they already thinking that Ennis Cantor wasn't going to be on the roster next year? You know, like right. there's, I, I just, I find that stuff so fascinating. Like just to be a fly on the wall in Sam Presti's office and to be able to to see how how this stuff works and how many moving parts there are and and yes. what what he thinks is going to happen and and what direction they're going and how they pivot just that stuff is fascinating to me and I think this is just another drop in that bucket. So I'm taking us even further off off topic by continuing this, but just really fast, Jacob, on that point, something we've talked about off pod and that we haven't I don't believe we've talked about on pod yet is there was an article that came out shortly after the Russell Westbrook trade that talked about um, more uh, Maury and and Harden the the whole Harden situation, and I'm trying to remember exactly what that was. Do you guys remember who that was? From? It was like the Houston Chronicle or something. Yeah, the Houston Chronicle, kind of step by step of the. 
the Russell uh, Westbrook was, trade. Yeah, and Daryl Morey in the in the lift ride in Vegas yes. going to summer league, right? But then they also mentioned the Harden trade and like him um, talking to Harden throughout the entire uh, Russ trade process and him communicating with Sam. And he there was a direct quote from him where he mentioned to Harden, well, you know, something along the lines of quote unquote, well, I, you know, I worked a, a year to try and get you. So yeah. that, and that stood out. Yeah. I mean, again, that's not a direct quote, but that was so interesting to me that like that. we all from an OKC standpoint, were like, oh, my gosh, Harden just got traded out of nowhere. When in reality, uh, Maury and and Presley have been talking about that trade for over a year. Yeah, or and, over a and maybe not like specifically talking about that trade, but maybe Maury, oh, sorry. Yes, whenever right. he, he sees Presty, hey, I really like James Harden. If you if you know if the opportunity ever came around, make sure you call me because I'd be willing to give stuff up to get James Harden. You know, right. just like kind of planting those seeds. I think that's probably more of of how that went. But yeah, still, ne- nevertheless. I think you're on the, the, the same wavelength as me there. I just, it's fascinating. You know, it's, it's just absolutely fascinating. These things I don't think come out of nowhere, uh, even more down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I mean, like this past season, the thunder drafted, um, you know, what 24th, but they were at the combine. They talked to some of these lottery picks knowing damn good and well that they weren't going to get into the lottery. But that's whenever one of those lottery possible talents gets drafted, it is now like, you know, illegal, quote unquote, illegal tampering to talk to them, even though it always happens. But that's the chance for teams to start talking to these players and getting to know them and building that relationship. That way you have you can start to build a file on them back at like Thunder headquarters to know two, three years down the line, if that player becomes available in a trade, you can say, oh, well, we can't talk to that player. But when we did talk to him, we really liked his his leadership skills. We liked his uh, his thoughts on on how he's going to grow as a basketball player, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And here and we so, are with SGA. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I bet Sam Presti had a pretty nice file on SGA before they pulled off that trade both from scouting during college and probably talking to him through the pre-draft workout. So just, I I think things like that are interesting. I wonder um, how much information the Thunder had. This, this is bringing it back full circle to on Justin Patton. Right. You know, exactly. Yeah, Um, exactly. I don't think they just randomly go out and sign this guy and say, Oh shit, let's try this out and see if it works. I think they probably had a lot of information on this kid and decided it was a risk they were willing to take. So what do you think? Do you guys think this has, any bearing on the future of Steven Adams and or Nerlens Noel in a Thunder uniform? Um, I'll go first. No. <laughs> I think this is like the – I think not only is he the 14th player signed on this roster, I think he's probably 14th on the depth chart. Um, and when you get that deep on the bench, I don't think it really matters what your depth looks like. Like nobody in the league really plays their 14th guy. Uh, and so I, I think this is just a a project, and if he works out, maybe he starts getting some minutes, and then whenever Nerlens is not on this team, most likely next season, uh, Justin Patton steps into the backup center role. Uh, but I don't think I don't think this move is made with anticipation that something's going to happen to one of the two centers already on roster. I mean, Justin Patton has barely played any NBA minutes, so I think that would. To, to me, that, that calculus doesn't work out. 
So, and I, I absolutely agree in the short term. Like, they didn't make this signing right now, expecting to, like, having, for example, having a trade for Steven Adams lined up when, you know, players who signed this summer become available in, like, September, October, etc. Um, however, I will say this. I know Presti is very calculated in all of his moves, and he obviously is in his uh, his interviews and, and conferences as well. And as we know with the press conference he had not too long ago, here about a month ago, after all these trades went down, he all the R words, right? The uh, reposition, uh, replenish. What was the other one? I think that's it, reposition and replenish. Reposition, yeah, reposition. Yep. And so keeping that in mind, I think he signs this guy thinking we'll see what he is. If he's nothing more than you know a, a player with a lot of talent, and he's young, but he keeps getting injured, then it's not a huge risk because we have him on a team-friendly deal and we can his second year is not guaranteed, right? We're not paying a lot for him this season. However, if he does get healthy and say he does develop under this staff of Billy Donovan's and uh, full of coaches with player development potential and they're able to bring out his own potential, then I think that makes uh, Stephen Adams a lot more expendable at the uh, next summer during the offseason and even the trade deadline the following season. So, you know, I, I think he makes these moves with that in mind, but I agree with you, Jacob. Like, in, in the uh, immediate, short-term future, I don't see Stephen Adams or Nerlens, for that matter, being traded. Agreed. I think it's we'll, – we'll kind of have to see how it plays out, but obviously, like, all the things you guys have hit on, it's low risk, high reward. We'll see what happens. It could be a – you know, a great situation where you bring a guy in and he gets a fresh start and it's a, you know, a beautiful story that everybody loves, or it could be Hashim to beat 2.0. We'll see. Hey, <laughs> I thought Hashim to beat was pretty damn good. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you remember that night he got a double, double and we all freaked out. It was like the Trade first Steven Thunder double, double. Yeah. And then that night that Harden came back and everyone cheered to beat whenever he got ejected from the game. Yes, I do remember <laughs> God. that. Good times, man. Oh, that's what I was about to say. Good times. Good times. Hey, speaking of good times, uh, they might be good times. They might be sad times. The Thunder are actually going to start playing basketball at some point again. And their schedule has been released. It has. And there was a couple interesting things that stood out. Um, primarily, I think the thing that all Thunder, Thunder fans expected, um, but still was kind of, you know, something that, that stood out to all of us is that there's only three national TV games next season, down from 27 the previous season when we had Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Apparently, people aren't interested in watching Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, um, Danilo Gallinari. I mean, it's crazy, right? Blasphemy. <laughs> I am surprised that three is lower than I expected. I expected it to be lower. Right. But three is really low. Yeah. Three it is. is like, three is probably like what the freaking Cavs are going to have nationally TV yeah. this year. I tried know? to look it up and I, I couldn't, I couldn't find a definitive answer of how many national TV games the Thunder had their first season. But that is where I uncovered a fact I had totally forgotten about which is when the Thunder first moved here, they played 17 of their games on KSBI. I remember that. Which is yes. unbelievable. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, in beautiful, beautiful standard definition television. <laughs> Pull out the old um, rabbit ears. Like, what a wild concept to think about. But it was, by the time they hit their second season, they had, I'm going to butcher this number, but I think, if I'm remembering correctly, it was like 15 national TV games. Yeah. 
So whatever they had their first season um, is that's about where we're at right now. I if I had to guess. So just uh, I agree with you both. Obviously, I was expecting maybe a couple more than that, and that probably is just because you know we we like we've mentioned have kind of been spoiled as Thunder fans um, due to the caliber of players that we've had. However, uh, I just want to kind of put this into context. Another friend of the pod, uh, Brandon Robber, is it Robber or Raybar at Thunderbloggin? Um, I was just calling Brandon <laughs> and Thunderbloggin, but he said that uh, OKC fans who are upset about the drop in nationally televised, televised games this season, uh, Thunder are 15 out of 30, their league average, and this season, at this season, nationally televised games, which is pretty good for a small market team that lost two top 10 superstars. So I thought that was that's wild. Yeah, a pretty good, pretty good point. So well, and the good news is that just means we get a lot more opportunities uh, to listen to Michael Cage. Oh yes, and uh, what's his name, Fisher, Chris Fisher, <laughs> Chris Fisher. I miss <laughs> Leslie, and I miss AD, I and uh, and I miss Brian Davis. Never thought I'd say that, but I miss. The heck out of Brian Davis. <laughs> Man, this organization is just going to shambles now. You know, we're losing everybody. <laughs> Rumble's next. I can Rumble's next. That's right. We're going to oh. get a new mascot. <laughs> so I just, you know, th- there's a lot of stats that kind of stick out to me that we, we can eventually go through. But I wanted your guys' thoughts on the schedule. And I thought a fun way to do that would be to pick a couple games that you guys would want to attend and that kind of stuck stuck out to you guys for each month. So what we're going to do here is I want you guys to give me three games, three home games for each month that you would want to sit out, sit courtside at um, if you have the opportunity. And then after that, I'll have you guys give me two away games here in a little bit as well um, that you just would want to attend uh, for different reasons. But let's go ahead and start with those home games. Justin, um, obviously October, there's a lot fewer options there. But uh, so let's just go ahead and combine October and November Perfect. of those two months, which are absolutely brutal, by the way. Um, go ahead and give me three home games that you would just absolutely love to attend, even if it's not courtside. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the, the first couple months is brutal. There's a lot of good teams that the Thunder have to face. Uh, I don't want to see the Warriors. I've seen the Warriors. I, I'm not really interested in, in going to check that one out. You don't want to see D'Angelo that. Russell? I'm with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> Can I jump in um, jump in on this as well, Justin? Um, I want to throw in, I don't really want to see Portland either. Yeah. Um, I've seen Portland. I've seen that backcourt so many times. Now, yeah, if Russ and PG were still again. here, and there was that beef with the, with the Damian Lillard waving goodbye after he hits the shot and everything, the first time seeing them play each other again would be fun. But it's it's lost its luster now that that the Thunder are not the same team from last year. Agreed. Yep. I also don't want to see the Bucks because I actually got to sit courtside at a game once, and it was against the Bucks, the game where <laughs> uh, Giannis stepped out of bounds and hit the game winner. And I'm not ready to relive that experience, <laughs> so I don't want to go to that. Um, so <laughs> the one I am going to pick, I'm going to pick – the Pelicans because I think they have so many intriguing pieces and I really just want a courtside seat to the Zion show. And luckily the Thunder play the Pelicans at home twice. So you can really have your pick if you want the uh, black Friday special, or if you want the early November game, you can, you can pick or choose. So just really quick speaking on the Pelicans and a scheduling note, they have 20 nationally televised games this season. 
That's incredible. Which is insane. And I, I believe yeah. you called it the them. Zion effect. Yeah. 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 for them. So, uh, yeah, that. I'm uh, with you on see. that, Justin. Um, of the October, November games, New Orleans is probably my choice. Um, the second place team that the Thunder play uh, at home that I'd like to see is the Lakers. Just to see Braun and AD would be kind of cool. But I'm kind of with you. I, I find the New Orleans Pelicans really fascinating this year. So that would be a fun game to go see. It's funny that we're all kind of on the same page here um, because I think my the third game, uh, other than the two that you guys mentioned, uh, obviously one of the Pelicans games, I don't really care which one. And then the Lakers game is going to be extremely intriguing uh, with, with Anthony Davis and LeBron. But then that Philadelphia 76ers team, that, that new team that they put yep. together over the offseason is, is a team that I'm extremely uh, interested in and, and interested to see how they, they play together. Um, obviously, there's a lot of length and size on that team, and we'll get into that a little more in our season preview podcast um, when we go over the Philadelphia 76ers, but that's the probably the third game that I'd like to, to see live. Nice. So we move on to December and January which is a, a little nicer to this Thunder squad <laughs> um, after losing Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Um, so go ahead and give me two to three games, uh, two to three home games that you guys would be interested in and in, in going and seeing live and sitting courtside and, and watching. So December, December's tough when I look at that schedule. The obvious one that sticks out is the PG return uh, with the Clippers, but, you know, knowing what we know about his injuries, he might not be playing at that point. And so for that reason, I'm going to swerve a little bit and pick the uh, New Year's Eve game against the Mavericks. New Year's Eve games in the peak, always a magical atmosphere. Uh, But then seeing the Mavericks with Luka and Porzingis uh, and that squad that they put together there, I think that would be a really fun game. So that's probably my pick for December. As for January... Uh, I think in that one, I'm going to go – I am going to go see the uh, LeBron-Anthony Davis show against the Lakers on January 11th. I cannot believe you skipped over the Russell Westbrook return game January Oh, 9th. no, I did. <laughs> okay, I take it back. Uh, I'll give you a pass. That is a given, and all of us will probably be there. I'm going to say that we want to. Like, we probably all will be there for that one. Um, so you get a pass for that one. Okay. That's a given. Yeah. I looked right past that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good, man. I'm giving you a um, hard time. So, Justin, actually, you stole mine for December. I was going to go with Indiana because I want to see Vic, but he probably won't be healthy and back by then. Uh, there's a good chance he won't be. And so I'm going with that New Year's Eve game against Dallas as well, not because I'm overly interested in Dallas, but because it's New Year's Eve, it's the peak, it's downtown OKC. So I, I just think the atmosphere around that one will be fun. Uh, obviously the Russ return game, January 9th. And then my third game from those two months would probably be Friday night at home against Atlanta. Um, mm, that's a good that, one. That, that young Atlanta squad is going to be fun. Uh, I get to see Shea Gilgis Alexander versus Trey young. Uh, I think that'll be, that'll be a good time. So, so those are going to be my three for those a two good months. Pick. I like those a lot as well. And it's just one other wild card that I would throw out there. Um, this is like a courtside game by any means, but a game that I wouldn't mind attending is one of those Memphis games in d- December. Getting to to watch uh, Ja Morant and and Triple J and see how they kind of mesh and how they're playing together at that point. In December. And you probably get to watch a win too. Yeah, that's that's maybe. But no, you're right. At, at that point, we pro- we would still probably have this team we're going into uh, the preseason with. So you would hope that that's a win. That's a good point. 
Yep. Interesting. No one's jumping on the the Phoenix game in mid December. Oh man, that's a tough one. Yeah, it's tempting. I love man. watching Devin Booker go for seventy points on a hundred shots. <laughs> man, I mean Ricky Rubio sells tickets, bro. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on here to uh, to February and March. February has quite a few home games. March. Do you want to th- do you want to throw April in here as well? Since well, it's a half that's month? true, since a half month, that's a good point. Let's just go with these last three months here. Um, February has quite a few. March a little less, and I think April, even though it's a, sh- a shortened month because of the playoffs, it seems to have about the same a- a amount of home games as March does. So go ahead and give me your guys's uh, top three home games from from that one that stuck out to you guys. Full. February. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, go ahead. February, I'm going to go with Denver because it is one of our three national television games. First game back after the All-Star break. Uh, we know how things went against the Nuggets. Uh, maybe maybe we could reverse course, and now that we traded Russ and PG, we can beat Denver. There you go. Which would be a nice little twist. I believe this Denver game that you're talking about as well is the first time Denver comes to the peak, which is the Jeremy Grant return. Ooh, I don't see good, another good Denver too, yeah. home game uh, yeah, before that on the right. schedule. So I think that's the Jeremy Grant return game. I think you're right. I miss him so much already. I hope he just <laughs> prospers and kicks Paul Millsap's old, you know what, to the bench and just does great. <laughs> yep. Um, for March, I'm going with the Clippers for the PG return part two. But like I said, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's the first time PG plays in Oklahoma City, uh, so I'm going to pick that one for March. And then for April, woo, um, I'm probably going to go with Utah just because I think they have a lot of potential this season. I think their ceiling's very high, and I think that would be an exciting team to go watch. I like those. Uh, those February, ones, yep. February, I'm going to go the Sunday matinee against Boston on the 9th. Uh, for a few reasons, number one, I, I just think Boston's an interesting team. Um, number two, I love afternoon games. Sunday afternoon games are awesome. Uh, and number three, the NBA trade deadline is on Thursday, February 6th this season. Ooh, um, so call. if the Thunder make a deadline trade, uh, they probably won't be able to get all of the physicals and stuff done for the next night's home game against Detroit. So when if the Thunder make a deadline deal, you'd probably see the new players uh, for the first time that Sunday, the 9th, against Boston. So that's why I'm picking that game. March, uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, probably the Denver game in March. Um, since I'm not seeing Jeremy Grant in February, I'll see him in March. And then April, kind of like what Justin alluded to, there's not a, gr- a lot of great options. So I'll just go with Utah. Um, number one, because they're interesting. Number two, because that's the last home game of the season. The Thunder probably aren't making the playoffs. So that'll be the last time to see the Thunder live, uh, probably for about five or six months. So, um, in April, I'm what are we going the, to do? Are we going to, I guess we'll turn to like an NBA podcast well, uh, for, during the for playoffs. What, yeah. For <laughs> what it's worth. I mean, last year, the Thunder only played like a week after the regular season ended anyways. So. That's a fair point. And also another sad point. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm with you guys. I think those are all great games. So I'm just you gonna know, throw. I, I think we were like, oh no, the Thunder won't make the playoffs. But, but it's like, okay, last year they made anyways. the playoffs and they played an extra five games, right? You know, right? And yeah, got their asses beat. So, 
Very good point. Uh, I, I'm with you guys. I think all those are great games. Um, so just like a, a couple of wild cards that stick, stick out to me throughout that period. That Sacramento game on the 27th, which is a Thursday, a Thursday evening. Sacramento Kings is going to be – they're going to be an extremely interesting team and a, a very fun team to watch, kind of a, a league pass kind of team, if you will. So uh, I'd be excited to watch them. That next month, uh, let's see. Oh, there was that Utah game. So that, that was when I was wanting to watch Utah since I wasn't in February. And then April, Brooklyn comes to town. And Kyrie is always interesting, whether it's on or off the court. He's he's entertaining. So uh, I'd probably go with that one. <laughs> Very good. Solid. So go ahead and give me, out of all those games, and let's take location to consideration here as well. Um if you guys could pick two games throughout the entire season that you could go and visit away, which two games would they be based off of the matchup as well as the location? I've got an easy pick for this one. Go for it. Uh, the Thunder have two back-to-backs in L.A. where they play the Clippers followed by the Lakers the next night. So I'm going to be booking a uh, Southwest Airlines ticket to Los Angeles in early April to watch them play the Clippers. That a boy. Use them points. And the Lakers on (laughs) Sunday. Nice. Great call. Um, One of mine is going to be uh, November 25th at Golden State Warriors. Um, I've always wanted to visit the Bay Area. It looks beautiful. And might as well go out to the West Coast. Yeah, see the new arena. That's probably going to cost me like $500 a ticket to get in. Um, But November right before Thanksgiving gets a starting to get a little bit chillier. So go out to the West coast for that. And then, um, I think I'll take the February 13th game, the night before Valentine's day, uh, down in nor new Orleans, Nolens, um, get out, of, get out of the cold Oklahoma city, February weather, Go down to New Orleans. I visited New Orleans once before. Uh, incredibly fascinating, a cool city. Uh, so go down and, and visit for a while and catch a game. Those are all great ones. Um, and honestly, I, I agree with all of them. Like Justin said, I'd love to go to L.A. Actually, I've never been to California other than just like – Same. I've just never like, been to California yeah, either. Just, really? I mean, just landing in the airport and uh, flying on to Hawaii. That's about it. <laughs> so, God, uh, that's a flex. Oh, yeah. I, Jesus. Yeah. I've never been to California. Uh, I've never to been California. to L.A. I've just stopped at the airport on my way to freaking paradise. <laughs> Jesus. Power moves only on this podcast. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> so I would love to visit the Los Angeles area and the California area in general. So like a Sacramento game or LA game would be great. But I think another one that I have would be Miami, like just to go down. To, I've never been to Miami either. You I don't want to go a, to Charlotte? <laughs> I mean, Char- okay, I will say Charlotte is a beautiful town and a beautiful is it, I've state. Never been. Well, it, that, that was my dad's awesome. been there a couple times for business and says it's gorgeous and s- sends pictures and looks awesome. My wife, actually, her and her family, I wasn't able to go because of work, but they went to Hilton Head, which isn't too far from Charlotte. And they also agreed that uh, beautiful, beautiful state and beautiful cities throughout there. So that actually would be a fun place to go, even though you witnessed some uh, depressing basketball, probably. Nice. <laughs> I, I totally would have put at Toronto on my list if it wasn't in late December. I'm not miserable. I'm not no going way. to Toronto yeah. in December. There's no way in hell. If it was you an might as well April go to Alaska. Game, <laughs> yeah, if it was an April game, I'd go. But No, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Nah. Um, what was that? Oh, yeah, Miami was the other one I had. But quick, aside, quick aside, have you guys ever seen a Thunder game in an arena outside of the peak? Yes. Ooh, uh, no. was it Dallas? 
I haven't. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I've been to. I've been, probably seen the Thunder play in Dallas five or six times. Okay, cool. Including a playoff game, which was pretty fun. Very nice. Very nice. Just um, a a couple, I guess, uh, since you know it's it's we don't have a whole lot to talk about outside of schedule. Just a couple of things that stood out to me that I want to go ahead and just run by you guys really quick. There's more weekend games this year, which is exciting. Uh, 22 of OKC's 41 home games are on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the primetime games like we had last year, which means that we would have uh, probably had a lot of those nationally televised in the previous seasons. However, that's still nice for, for us when we're staying up late and podcasting and doing post-game podcasts. And then I wanted to touch also, because we talked about this in our Slack, the brutal stretch to start the season in October and November. Um, as J- Justin mentioned you know, before we started podcasting, there's only four games in November that are against non-playoff teams. The non-playoff teams are the Pelicans and the Lakers. So I don't even know which if the, are projected that, to be right. playoff teams this year. <laughs> great playoff <laughs> team. Oh, at least the Lakers are great. And then you know, there's no time with the Pelicans. And then uh, five games and nine days stretch of the Clippers, the Lakers twice, Golden State Warriors, and Portland. Just an absolute brutal That's stretch. Brutal. So let's let's talk hi- hypotheticals here because you know we love hypotheticals since we're podcasters, right? <laughs> uh, let's say that we kept our core attached attached for one more season intact i guess is the word i'm going for there i was combining terms <laughs> um, <laughs> words are real hard so let's say that that we have pg and rust still during this this stretch and pg obviously is probably won't be able to play until at the very earliest like the late november do you guys think that's correct is that let's, maybe let's on the say early mid november just or mid november okay sake. so you don't have PG until then. You have Russ, um, but obviously we, we don't have any other new pieces outside of uh, good old Mascala <laughs> and maybe maybe uh, Justin Patton. So what happens? I mean, I did the Thunder even make the playoffs at that point? It's a good question. I think it's, you know, we kind of talked about it shortly after the PG trade of, you know, that would be challenging to overcome it's interesting when you see the schedule as it is now, like it would be even more challenging given the the strength of opponents they have. But the one thing I keep coming back to is the Thunder schedule probably looks quite a bit different if Russell and PG are still on the roster. I, I don't think their schedule to begin the year is near as challenging as it is right now. You That's an interesting think thought. A, a lot of times you see, you know, the contenders, not all the time, but a lot of times they get, easier schedules at the beginning of the season and I think what you're seeing is the Thunder the Thunder are the easy opponent for a lot of these uh tougher teams to start the year which is kind of sad it's a sobering thought that that yeah I was gonna say that it's actually a really great point you know another thing I thought of too just uh with this current team the way it's constructed is let's say that the Thunder come out and, and do fairly decent throughout the beginning of the season October and November um, obviously, that, that reflects really well on Billy Donovan. That's going to reflect really well on CP3 and Gallo and raises their trade value. And so if, if you come at, like, <laughs> those are some tough decisions for Presti at that point because you get to February and you made it through the two toughest uh, months, arguably, of the season. Do you just go ahead and, and trade CP3 and Gallo while their trade values are high? Um, or do you try and, and keep as much of the core intact as that that makes enough reasonable sense and try and push for a playoff run, you know? Um, and I say re- reasonable sense because like Gallo, you want to try and get what you can from him because otherwise he can just leave him free agency um, at the end of the season. But 
regardless, yeah, I, I'm with you, Justin. I think that's a really good point. Like, there's just so many hypotheticals. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how they how they make it through these first the first like month and a half, I guess, of this season. Definitely, I'll tell you one thing though. I would not bet on them the uh, the first month and a half. You're getting good at these. Oh man, I'm so good. <laughs> All right, guys, football season is here. Halla freaking Luya. And it's time to start placing your bets for NFL and college football. Blue Wire is teaming up with sports information traders and the legend John Price, one of the world's most successful sports bettors. So our listeners are given the chance to make more money on football this season. Go to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue. Get the college football and NFL futures plays and make up to 15 times your money for only a $99 investment. Last year, sports information traders correctly predicted the Clemson Tigers to win the college football championship, making one client alone $110,000. That is an insane amount of money. The year before that, Kurt Presley and sports information traders made $1 million with a preseason wager on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. John Price and the Sports Information Traders team can guide you on the best ways to make money on future bets and preseason football betting picks. You get all of that for only $99 and the opportunity to make 15 times your money. It's totally worth getting Sports Information Traders betting picks. Sports Information Traders has been featured in ESPN, Gambling911.com, Entrepreneur Magazine, tons of other places. John Price has been successfully making money betting on sports for over 20 years. Make a big return for a small investment with Sports Information Traders Futures Picks. Get started now by going to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue. Again, that's sportsinformationtraders.com slash B-L-U-E. Make sure... That, that you check them out and you have a chance to make 15 times your return in football betting this season. All right. Hey, before we get out of here, guys, uh, let's do a pop culture minute because we haven't done one of these in forever. And I feel like there's a lot of good pop culture stuff this summer that we can talk about. Yeah. And I kind of just want to play the sounder. So <laughs> let's uh, let's get it. Winter is coming. I told you a million times. My teeth are coming in. It's called cleidocranial dysplasia. Wakanda All right, for this pop culture minute, we're going to talk about TV shows and movies this summer. Uh, I just basically want to know what's the best TV show and what's the best movie you saw in summer of 2019, we can we can throw some options out there, debate them, and, uh, and make a decision. So, I guess Taylor, let's start with you. What's what's some of the best media you've consumed this summer? I like it. Um, so, I mean, Game of Thrones is like was obviously late spring, not quite summer. Obviously, it was a, kind of a big disappointment um, in my eyes. And I think many many of ours. Uh, I know we've talked about quite a bit. Um, so unfortunately I can't say Game of Thrones as much as I want to, although I will say just the production in general 
and the way they they put it together, I mean, it just it looked beautiful on screen. Visually, it, it was incredible. incredible. Absolutely, the score incredible. wasn't the audio was incredible too. The, yeah, score. the audio it might the audio might like, Ramin yeah, Jidwani is a freaking god. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like honestly, that might have been the highlight of the entire series, and I mean, it was incredible, or in the entire um, last season. But I think my favorite. I mean, this is going to be like a a probably a, a kind of common answer when you ask around, but I think Stranger Things season three was incredible. So they did good. a great, great job. Um, I was hooked all the way through. I didn't get to actually start it until like a little under a week since it had been out. But as soon as I did, I finished it in about like four days. Um, yeah. It was just, I mean, it was, it was well, incredible. And I started Stranger Things three after you guys had finished. Cause I was on vacation when it came yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. You were in Boston. And so we actually recorded a podcast and when we got done, I told you guys, hey, I got to hop off. We're watching the finale of Stranger Things 3. And holy shit, you want to talk about punching you right in the feels. No kidding. <laughs> so if if you haven't watched Stranger Things 3, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about it uh, right now. So click fast forward on the podcast. Okay, now I can talk. The That part at the end... Just, just the combination of the the Hopper monologue um, over the, the kind of like the flashbacks, and then seeing Eleven like sitting on the floor reading, basically the the talk he was gonna have, yeah. but he rewrote it all. Oh my god, dude! Talking about like that how he's guarded himself and stayed in the cave, and how you need to embrace the hurt because that means you're putting yourself in there. <laughs> <laughs> Banger of the summer. Oh, yeah. Never ending story. Okay, sorry, I'm done. We need someone to drop a remix. <laughs> oh, yeah, that make it a club banger. Um, <laughs> it was absolutely great. Stranger Things 3 just it kicked all of the ass. It was so good. So good. Agreed. So good. Agreed. Now, I will say, um, so this is a old series, and it's a series that I just recently started because a lot of us at work we, uh, we like to talk about series like for example during our lunch hours uh, we would all get together in a little breakout room we have a tv and we started breaking bad here about like a year ago so we nice. all watched breaking bad together and kind of talked about so it got good. to talk it through oh it's a great series but uh, we started watch breaking bad oh, oh it's like it's it's top Dude. maybe top three for me it's that good yeah, easily so good easily and but speaking of what so we started uh walking dead or at least we we started it and then we all went home and I've started watching it like at home and then talking about it at work and uh, Walking Dead I'm pretty impressed with Jacob you say you like post apocalypse kind of movies and books and stuff uh huh definitely need to check out Walking Dead I'm impressed and, I, and I'm super seasons. super okay that's good that's good to know <laughs> that's fair so we're on like season three so, yeah <laughs> gotcha that's good gotcha and then it uh it gets a little it's still going somehow right, right. and there's also like I a spinoff ship. series. I jumped ship a few seasons ago. Sounds like it gets a little redundant. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Only so many times you can like build a hideout, kill a bunch of zombies, then get taken over and, and find a new hideout and then, and then kill fight, a bunch of zombies. Fight, yeah. like and other humans, survivors. Kind of repetitive. Right. Gotcha. So, That's good enough. So, yeah. Justin, are, are there any TV shows from this summer that you would throw into the mix besides what we've already mentioned? Yeah. Um, one that stood out to me was Barry on HBO. Yes. Uh, okay. Tulsa's finest. Yep. Bill Hader. Also a Thunder fan. Uh, the, the, also when, a when Thunder you just fan. said Barry, my mind immediately thought B E R R Y. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell? 
but B A R R Y, and then now Correct. I'm okay. Barry, I was like, why are you watching a show about freaking strawberries or something? Blueberries? Yeah. No, I love gardening. Got you. Haven't watched Barry either. Barry's fantastic. So the basic premise it's a it's a comedy. It's a dark comedy. Uh, Barry is a a hitman that doesn't want to be a hitman anymore. He wants to be an actor. My guy just wants to act. it's incredible uh season one was awesome season two was better season two has this episode that is one of the strangest things i've ever watched but was incredibly captivating that involves like a there's almost no dialogue but some of the like most incredibly choreographed fight scenes involving like a little ninja girl that was it was awesome uh so you should check out barry Speaking of HBO, um, so I, I went ahead. So my wife started binge-watching before the, the latest season came out, uh, Big Little Lies. And I just was, like, so against it because, like, oh, my gosh, it's just, like, HBO's knockoff of Pretty Little Liars or whatever. She goes, no, it's really not. So I started watching with her, like, three episodes in of season one. And then I, I was kind of hooked, not going to lie. And we watched season two. And it was kind of in a similar boat of Game of Thrones where it was, like, it's a great story, but – um. The ending wasn't what we yep. really wanted. However, I will say it's certainly worth watching. And then I haven't started this other HBO series, but have you guys watched Euphoria? Because I've heard great things about Euphoria. I haven't. I've heard about it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, that's that's where I was, and I've I've heard really good things about it. So, the the one I would throw in, and again, it's it's not new this summer, so it doesn't really count. But I recently finished season one, and I'm maybe six or seven episodes into season two of Designated Survivor. Summer's um, watching that right now also. That's funny. (laughs) I I think it was on ABC, and then it got dropped, and then Netflix picked it back up. Season one was really good. Um, Season two, it feels very much like a, hey, we did good on season one, so let's pick it up for another season. And then it's like they finished (laughs) the story, and now they're trying to add stuff onto it. Um, yeah. Still not awful, but um, but season one was really good. So as far as best TV show over the summer, are we just going Stranger Things? Uh, yeah. I think so. I think that's a safe bet. Okay. I'm, I'm excited I, for season I, four. I totally agree. Um, okay, Justin, you start us off best movie from this oh. summer that you watched. <laughs> so uh, I have two little kids. <laughs> I don't get to see many movies in the movie theater. Uh, so, so the movies I get to see are either kids' movies or I get to see them like six to nine months after everybody else when they come on HBO or Netflix. Well, did you see so, any good uh, kids' movies then? So my two picks, uh, Toy Story 4, fantastic. Uh, I was a little nervous when they announced Toy Story 4. I felt like Toy Story 3 was about as close to a perfect send-off as you could have had for that franchise, but Toy Story 4 was really good. Uh, I enjoyed it. My kid enjoyed it. He ate like an entire bucket of popcorn. It was delightful. (laughs) Um, The other one, and this is kind of like what you were saying, old movie, but was recently added to HBO, uh, First Man with Ryan Gosling about the moon landing. Yes. That was awesome. And I I wanted to see that since the day I first saw the trailer, and then it came out, and everyone was talking about it, and – I never made it out to the theater, so when I saw that pop up on HBO, I got really excited, and it lived up to my expectations. Summer and I did that as well, which is funny. We uh, we watched that after it came out, and great movie. Um, so I haven't seen. Have either of you guys seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? No, but no. I'm no. I know. I was gonna say I wouldn't. I haven't absolutely. seen it either, um, but I love any anything Tarantino puts Same. out. So I haven't got to see it yet. 
Um, I actually did not see Toy Story 4. I haven't either. Unfortunately. It's a good one. I recommend it with or without a two-year-old. Nice. I, I did see Lion King. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was a fan. Uh, you guys you guys might shit on me for this, but that's okay <laughs> because you can have bad opinions, and, and I still respect you guys. Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> was really freaking good. I've, Any, I, I've heard uh, – only things I've heard about it are very positive things. Anything that comes out of the Fast and the Furious universe, I'm into. 100%. Yeah. That's awesome. So I enjoyed Hobbs and Shaw. Um, what else have I seen this summer? That's what I was trying to think. Like, I, I guess technically we can classify Endgame in there, Avengers Endgame. I mean, that was just a phenomenal movie. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, John Wick 3, Parabellum. Okay, I never saw John Wick, but also heard good things have about it. Have you not it. watched any of the John Wicks? No, I, I've seen I've seen the first two. I haven't okay. seen any. Oh my gosh, bro. You got to watch John Wick. It's so good. It's right. so good. Bobon yeah. is in number three. Oh, I did know that. So, uh, he kills yeah. him with a book. book. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> that on Twitter. He kills him with a book. <laughs> um, and then this Saturday, I'm going to go see the new Seth Rogen movie, Good Boys. Oh, that's cool. Oh, nice. And I freaking love Seth Rogen. So, um, but as far as best movie for the summer... I guess if we're counting Avengers as a summer movie, um, I'll go with Avengers. Uh, if not, I think I'm going to go with John Wick Parabellum. Uh, I took nice. my dad to see it on Father's Day, and it That's was awesome. it That was a is blast. cool. That's really cool. <laughs> That's fantastic. So we're in the movie theater, and you just someone dies. Someone gets murdered by John Wick, and you just hear my dad, Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Men, Men in Black did come out. Did anyone see Men in Black? I didn't, nope, no. <laughs> didn't see that okay, either. Neither did I. I would say I did. What? Uh, apparently, Spider-Man: Far From Home was really good. I didn't see that. Either of you guys see that? We're too busy watching basketball, I guess. Because I yeah. tell you, <laughs> I, I did hear that was good. I the one the other one I've had like queued up on Netflix was Into the Spider Verse. I want to watch that. One. I yep. haven't seen it either. That's yep. the animated one, right? Yes. Right. I, I've heard nothing but incredible things about that. So I, it's just a hot take. I'm just kind of spider man out. It's like every, every six months since I was like 12 years old, we've gotten a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. I think I've said this before, but that's how I feel about superhero movies. Like I really want to like them, but I'm just, I'm just not there. Yeah. Anymore. Some of them excite me. Like, so at San Diego comic con, Marvel announced they're basically making like 10 billion movies. Uh, but Black Panther 2. Yeah. Blade. Black Panther. Blade's Black Panther, going to be. Oh, I'm so excited for Blade. This is uh, probably going to upset some people. But Black Panther is the only Marvel movie I've watched since Age of Ultron. Oh, wow. really? See, Endgame. Yeah, I'm and, not mad about um, it. Yeah, I mean, Black Panther was freaking good, dude. It was good. It was. It was incredible. One of my favorites. Also, Jacob, uh, speaking of this, if we want to get super nerdy, um, Dude, Witcher, let's dive in. I'm ready to go. Witcher series coming out soon. You've been reading the first book. Oh, the Witcher. Yeah. On Netflix. Um, so they've said it's late 2019, so I don't know when exactly it'll drop, but if you're not familiar with the Witcher, it's a very popular video game series. That's based off of very popular novels that were written by this Polish dude, uh, Sapowski. And I'm reading the first book now. I want to get the series read before the the TV series comes out. But I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm pretty excited about it. I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm super excited about it also. I saw the <laughs> – well, I, I didn't even – like I didn't, I've never played the games. 
Um, I didn't even know it was a thing until they announced that they were coming out with a series on Netflix. And the, the Witcher, like the the world of The Witcher and like the the lore of The Witcher, yeah, uh, is kind of it's dark fantasy ish. So it kind of matches some Game of Thrones uh, undertones, which I think is probably why Netflix greenlighted it because of just the massive amount of money that that Game of Thrones pulled right. in. So, right. No, and so I started doing research about it. And kind of read some backstory and stuff into it, and I'm extremely excited, especially after seeing cool. the uh, the the preview they came out with. And then finally, I guess just full circle is Netflix signed uh, DB Wise and uh, Dan and what's the other one, David Weiss and Benioff. Yeah, Benioff. David yeah, Benioff yeah. and DB Weiss. Um, yeah, they signed them to like a nine year deal or something like that. Where, um, or no, sorry. An extended period deal where they're going to produce like nine extended series or something like that. I'm probably butchering all of that, but uh, but anyways, we're going to get some new some new uh, series from them. So I'm curious to kind of yeah. see how that turns out. And uh, so it wasn't announced at Comic Con this year, but Amazon Prime has released a little bit more information, including a lot of the people that they have working on their new Lord of the Rings series, which is slated to come out in 2021. It's a long time from now. Yes, I want but it now. The, the people that they have working on that, it's going to be good. And I'm the excited. amount of money they're funneling into the Lord of the Rings TV show is going to be good. So I'm excited for it. That's cool. Uh, all right, dudes. Any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, stay tuned because our first preseason preview or, or I guess our, our season preview podcast where we are interviewing a bunch of, bunch of really cool guests. Um, from s- s- some different teams we're patching about four different teams together into one podcast the first one of the series kicks off on monday so stay tuned for that yeah very excited taylor or justin you have anything else uh you know i'm just really excited to see the inevitable rise of future all-star justin Patton. hey <laughs> i'm a fan of justin's justin peabody i mean uh Patton. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you guys for tuning into the podcast again. We really appreciate you all. Like Taylor said, our first episode of our season preview pod is dropping, pod series is dropping on Monday. So you guys will get a pod then. You'll also get another midweek pod from us next week, although we probably won't have a whole lot of information, new information to talk about. So be on the lookout for all that. If you'd be so kind, go on. If you listen to us on Apple iTunes, Go drop us a five-star review. We're really close to 100, and I would just love to see us at 100. It's a really easy way for you guys to show us a little bit of support. It would mean a lot. It goes a long way in kind of bumping us up these, these rankings on podcast charts so more people can see us. So that would be awesome. I don't think I have anything else. I think that's it. Y'all have a great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. You'll get to listen to some awesome guests talk about some NBA teams, get you prepared for the season. We got football in a few weeks, so that's exciting too. Uh, That's all I got. Thunder up. Take it easy. See you guys. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.